Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Jiu-Jitsu Radio. This podcast is brought to you by Chocaloha. Check out chocaloha.com. Use the promo code Jiu-Jitsu Radio. Get 20% off. Go pick yourself up their latest collab shirt with Immortal Choke at chocaloha.com and save some money. They uh, actually have the, that restock on patches, the stickers. Definitely worth your dime. So go check it out and then check out Jiu-Jitsu Soap Co. Did you buy any of that soap yet? I still gotta get it. I don't use soap. Yeah, that's right. You're dirty. Um, go to jujitsusoapco.com. Use the promo code JJ Radio. Get 10% off. Don't be dirty like Sean. He's disgusting. He's just a. All you need is water. You, you're the the non-equivalent cool part of the word savage. You just <laughs> he's just a big dumb animal, isn't he, folks? Um, yeah. Go save 10%. Use the promo code JJ Radio. Um, pick yourself up some of the McDojo collab soaps too. That's still one of my favorite ones. Then go to giraffechoke.com. We're trying to get a giveaway set up with them, so we might have some uh, some cool giraffe choke uh, stuff to give away this month or this coming month. So check them out in the meantime at giraffechoke.com. Use the promo code JJ Radio and get twenty percent off your order of fifty dollars or more. And then finally, you can go broke like Sean. And go to Nomad Surf Shop, like you did this weekend. What'd you buy this weekend? I didn't buy. Well, it was the annual half off sale, right? So I bought a couple pairs of shorts. Did they give you like an extra ten percent with our our uh, little insider? I can't tell you that. Okay, I got you. There's something wrong with my eye, though. Yeah, shouldn't cry. Yeah. Anyway, when if you're down here in the Boynton Beach, Delray Beach, or Palm Beach County area, check out Nomad Surf Shop. Tell them that we sent you, and then uh, you just might get some uh, some ten percent off. Not might, you will. Oh snap! Actually, that's actually the reason why I didn't go to the to the surf shop this weekend because I knew I'd end up spending way too much money. Yeah. So I had to kind of lock myself in. Fifty percent. It's a pretty good deal, man. Fifty. Either way, they always got some cool stuff. So check out Nomad Surf Shop when you're in the area. Tom, we sent you lots of love. Now let's get this. Oh wait, no, you know what I did want to say, because I haven't reminded them in a while. Go check out, uh, go check out my website. Pick up some cool, uh, some cool photos, some cool uh, jujitsu gear. You know, it'd be cool. What? Is he, if you had a shirt like um, the guys over at Choke Republic? Oh, the ones that they stole from me? No, no, no. They they had it first. It was their idea first. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure it was their I mean, idea the first. The name and everything. I mean, the shirt came out a lot later than your shirt did. But they came but up they with came it first. But they came up with it first. They, oh, yeah, I remember sure. hearing something a couple years Fuck ago. you guys. Anyway, yeah, check out my website, mycosmicjourney.com, and check out all the photos and everything that's going on uh, in my world, and you can pick up a photo some of the cool stuff that I'm working on, I'm actually trying to get a new uh, photo rig to get some uh, some newer C shots going too. And then go follow Sean on Instagram at Gorilla Boy BJJ or is it Gorilla Boy JJ? Gorilla Boy BJJ. You don't even know. It's Gorilla Boy BJJ. Okay. Go follow him on Instagram and go ogle as if at his gorgeously woofy Instagram feed. Quit calling this. me that. We're going to get a big no. gay following. No, you are. You already do have one. Which, look, I don't care. As long as they're fans of the podcast, I don't care what they do in their free time. So go check us out. Make sure you check out 
uh, Jiu-Jitsu Radio, Instagram as well. And please, guys, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or iHeartRadio. Uh, whichever one you pick, if you can please share the podcast, really appreciate it. We've been getting so much positive feedback. So anything you guys can do to uh, spread the love, we greatly appreciate it. We love you guys, and now we're going to get this fucker started. You can't leave us. the best there is plain and simple i mean i wake up in the morning i piss excellence and nobody can hang with myself keep stealing woo wheeling dealing living being right jet flying son of a gun and i'm having a hard time holding these alligators down can you put down your fucking phone can we do this? We can do this. What the f- what? I, I can't multitask? No, you can't multitask. I can Why are you asking like a me? Motherfucker. You, no, you know you cannot multitask. I can multitask no. like a motherfucker. No, definitely not. Um, I am not taking advice from somebody with a man more hair bun. than you. With, trying to grow a man bun. I'm growing a man bun for the good of the kids. All right? So I don't know. You're not you're, like Trick Daddy. I am definitely like Trick Daddy without the gold teeth. Right. You don't Alex, love them kids. Alex loves the kids. This is actually going to be the second time, second or third time that I donate to Locks of Love. So I got I got a couple more weeks and then I'm done with it. Cause you should I, just give them money and cut off that stupid no, looking hair. No, well, I'm going to cut off the hair regardless. But the money doesn't help as much as the actual hair. I mean, this is to help the self-esteem of the kids. I mean, like, who are you to shave your head like that? You fucking selfish bastard. Because I don't have hair in the middle of the top of my Jesus, head. Jesus cuts your hair. <laughs> um, yeah, I fucking can't wait to get rid of this hair. I can't even begin to tell you how annoying it fucking is already. Like, you're rolling and then all of a sudden getting, like, yanked. Or the, I don't even know how I have so much hair. I don't know how girls do it when they have long hair. I really don't get it. Because it's constantly, like, they just get falling used out. To, but you know what? But it's constantly thing. falling out. You think that's bad? The beard... Right. When people go to grab, like when you're, when people are going to choke or grab your lapel, right. I get my beard pulled constantly. Yeah, but you don't feel that that much. Bullshit. I mean, you get kind of like your lip like yanked, but you don't feel it like. Oh no! When they get hair. when they get it on the side here. Oh right. Oh dude, it, it's like it's one of those things that make your butthole pucker. Oh, that's pretty bad. No, but I'm saying like how much hair like I lose. I'm like constantly like, what the fuck? How do I still have hair with the amount of hair like when you go shower, you lose a couple of strands. When you go to adjust it, you lose a couple of strands. Like, just moving around, you lose hair. So how the fuck do you have such long hair? I don't get it. Like, it's, like, was it? You have, like, a billions of hair follicles? No, I don't think it's billions, but it's got to be a, a couple lot. of million, right? I don't think it's a couple million either. You don't think so? I don't, well, maybe your whole body. I'm how many hairs do you think an average person has on their head? I don't know. Like, guesstimate. I'll look let's, it up Let's right see. Now. I'll say 300,000. 300,000? 300,000. I will say, I don't know, I'll say close to 301. <laughs> <laughs> what is this, the Showcase Showdown yeah, on Price is Right? I'm going with 301. Uh, let's see, how many hairs on a human head? There we go. Thank you, Google. 100,000. I'm guessing the average. You lose. You yeah. lose, American <laughs> asshole. Fucking 301. Damn it. Um, speaking of which, did you vote? I voted. I voted. It's the first time I voted. Really? First time I ever voted. Hopefully, 
You didn't vote for the socialist, but I checked the polls and it looks like the socialist is winning here in Florida. Which, what, DeSantis? No. Who's the socialist? Gilliam. Oh, really? Oh, man. I'm not getting into that political conversation with you. Fuck that. Where am I at on here? Am I halfway? You are now. All right, cool. Um, no. Yeah, this is, this is uh, for those of you that, uh, whenever you're listening to this, t- uh, today is Tuesday, November 6th, which is voting day. Today is the last day to vote. Florida is one of the few states that has uh, early voting, which I totally <laughs> I signed up for and didn't end up going. That was, well, here's everybody I talked to that early voted, had to wait in line for like two and a half hours. Oh, like 15 minutes. I was done. I, yeah, I walked in and I was out today, 20 minutes. Yeah, I'm like, it's, I don't get it. But you know what kind of like threw me off was the fact that. I have one of the newer licenses, so it's like all fancy and whatever, like so they can't copy it. The lady that was checking me in couldn't check me in. Like the thing wouldn't scan it, it wouldn't read it. Ah. So it's like then she had to enter it manually, like, uh, it's kind of bad. Like, and then everything is done on an iPad. Yeah. So isn't that super easy to hack? Well, no, that's not, that's only, that's only, it only takes a picture of. Or only read your license, you only sign, and then it reads the ballot you get. Right, but it's still like... Well, what are they going to hack there? It's, it's the voting that counts. I don't know, but then, it's, again, this is the first time I ever did it, so the whole process seems so super, like, sketchy to me. Like, just, like, a Scantron. It was a fucking Scantron. I can't remember how many times we cheated. You didn't cheated. have to, like... Make, make yeah, you make arrow. a line. Yeah, you it was a line. line. Yeah. So everybody has like I guess a different system, um, but I we had the line. I like the line. It's better than. But the- it's still a scantron. You put it into that machine that like which finally I got to see the machine that that's how they graded papers back in the day. I don't know if they do they still use scantrons. Of, they, I, they got oh, to. Yeah. yeah. Like I finally saw a machine. I remember like hearing stories about this mythical fucking machine that graded the the tests and stuff. But to finally see one of those Scantron machines, like, oh, come on. This is the one that we all could have cheated on back in the day. Like, do you how ever hear you the cheat? myth? You don't remember? You never heard the myths on how to cheat on a Scantron? No. There was one of the myths were that you take a chapstick and you, like, slide it over the left-hand side where all the little bars were. And supposedly, it would make it unreadable, so it would automatically give you 100. I don't think anybody I know ever had the balls to test that out, though. You, I know you knew people with chapped lips. Uh, I know a lot of people with chapped ass lips, but not anyone that had the, the guts to test out whether or not that myth was true. Shit. I would have tested that shit. No, you wouldn't. I would too. Really? Yes. I, didn't, I never even heard that. Oh, man. I know that there's like a couple of other ones that you could like fuck with the system supposedly and you would like pass or it just wouldn't be readable. Well, that'd be a funny one just to find out. Probably if I have if I ever have kids, I'll pay my my kid a hundred bucks to do it. <laughs> Just they won't have they won't scantrons by then. I mean, we'll have flying cars. Right, everything will be on on an iPad. It'll be no, it all read your brain. Right. It's gonna be. They'll just be able to read your brain and let you know what you know. No. I mean, do you know this? Yes. Yeah, I'm surprised. No, they can't. How do they still have scantrons if pretty much every kid has a fucking iPad? Wouldn't you just do the test on the iPad? Uh, I would, but that's the only thing that would make sense. Anyway, I hope everybody got voted. What time's uh, close it at eight? I have no idea. Seven or eight I is when the polls yeah. closed. But you know what? It was actually kind of cool. Like I said, it's the first time I ever voted, and with all the bullshit politics and all the stuff that everyone's saying, it's kind of like 
my family were immigrants. Like, we were full-on immigrants. I remember... Nobody it. cares about legal yeah. immigrants. That's what I'm saying. But, again, we were legal. And then we went through the whole process. Yeah. And now we have the right to vote. And everyone in my family went out and voted. So it's, it's one of those things that I don't think people respect as much as they should. Um, but you know what the real highlight of my weekend was? Fapping. Okay, what my other real highlight of the weekend was? No. Seeing the Queen movie. Ah! That movie was so fucking good. I've been waiting so long for that fucking movie. Now, I get... Because I, I saw it as well. And I get what the... What some of the people are saying. That it was a sanitized version of... The story? Of the story. It was uh, I don't crisp know if, and clean. I don't know if it was crisp and clean as much as it wasn't... I think people were expecting more of a biopic on Freddie Mercury than an actual story of the whole band. Well, it was more about Freddie than the whole band. Like, we didn't see Brian May at home or Roger Taylor at home. Right, but I think it was more about the band as a whole than it was 100% about Freddie Mercury. I think it was like 80-20. And, like, part of me wonders, because the script was made by... Uh, Brian May and and Roger Taylor. Right. In it was a collaboration with everything, but they, right. from what I read, they did make sure to keep a lot of stuff like super private and like hidden and stuff. But like what that. I'm wondering is, is like, remember that whole meeting before Live Aid, right? Where it kind of gave them back the power, right? Over Freddie. Spoiler alert. It's not a spoiler. Like, people can read this. Yeah. Shit. No. But um. I wonder if that's true. I think so. I think it. I think it is. I don't think that um, that uh, Brian May would allow something like that to to go out there. That's not factual. Favorite Queen song? Go. See, it's different for me because I was gonna say for for me, like Queen has a very different meaning than a lot of other people. Instead of just being like an awesome band, it's like I literally knew all the words to Queen songs before I even knew how to speak English. Like, I sang all the songs. That was, like, the only tape. I still have the tape that we used to play in the car, and this was in Italy, that every time we get in the car, that's the tape, tape that would go. It was um, A Night at the Opera. Okay, but... but all right. Favorite Queen song. If you could only listen to one... you had one Queen song, um, what, would the, what would it come down to the, your top three between? Top three... It would have to be like the ones that mean the most to me are Radio Gaga. Uh huh. Um, damn, there's like so many. Um, Fat Bottom Girls. Uh huh. And. Oh, man. Um, that's tough. I'm trying to think of like a good third one. Like anything besides like Bohemian Rhapsody. I mean, Bohemian Rhapsody is kind of like a given. Um,. Shit, I would say uh, under pressure, maybe. Okay, now of those three, you could only pick one. Radio Gaga. Radio Gaga. Yeah. So my three uh-huh. would be "Can't Stop Me Now." Okay. Um, who wants to live forever? That's a great song. And "Princes of the Universe." But they're all movie related. "Can't Stop Me Now" is not movie related. Yes, it is. How's that? Uh, Shaun of the Dead. That doesn't count. They played it in Shaun of the Dead. It's movie related. But it's not movie related. Um, 
No, those are all good songs. But Can't Stop Me Now is such a great fucking song. Oh, it's great. Princes of the Universe, to me, is yeah. one... Or, uh, not Princes of the Universe. Uh, Who Wants to Live Forever is one yeah. of the best songs, I think, oh, ever. Oh, for sure. Ever. From any band. Oh, it's super deep. It's super deep. Yes. But that's why I also like uh, uh, Love of My Life. It's yeah. a great song. Like, I wonder... Because Highlander came out in 85. I'm wondering if he knew he... Was it 85 or 86 he found out he had AIDS? I think it was like 85. I think he already knew by then that he was already sick. It was like he knew he was sick, but he didn't really like go and get diagnosed and find out until like later on where it was like announced to the world. Yeah. But I mean, it's pretty crazy. Like that's what, and you know, what's funny is that originally it was supposed to be Sasha Baron Cohen. And I read today because I was like, I wonder why they didn't take him. I did the same. I I went yesterday and read everything. About why, you know, about certain things. But what I didn't know is that, um, you notice like in the movie, they didn't talk at all about his death. Like other than saying at the end, like, okay, he died. Yeah. But they don't show anything from like his like death or towards the end and everything that happened. Um, he was cremated, but nobody knows yeah, where Mary. he is. Like Mary has it like hidden. She won't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody where he's. That's crazy. That means it has to be like in super plain sight. Or, yeah, well, she didn't even tell his family. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's got to be in like in super plain sight. It's amazing that the connection that he had with her. Yeah. Like he says, he calls her the love of his life. Well, he said that was like his... um, Common law wife. No, like what you call it? Like soul... Soulmate. Soulmate, yeah. Like... I mean, you never know. I, I think that there's a, a certain misconception that someone says, like, your soulmate is automatically the person that you get married to. Your soulmate could be, like, a best friend, could be, like, anybody. Yeah, but there was more to that. There was yeah. more, there was definitely more. I mean, they, 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 you know, they shared some naked time together. Oh, for sure. For sure. You think she probably ran and got tested, like, right after she found out? Depends on... Depends. Depends on when, because they broke up a while. I mean, for sure she must have. She probably did. I don't know. I don't. I would. But then again, you're banging like a world famous rock star. You probably have a lot of other stuff. (laughs) Yeah, but yeah. It's like uh, that scene from uh, from Spinal Tap, where everybody shows up and they got like the herpes on like their upper lip. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone says Uh, that movie is dead on. Oh, no. I can tell you for a fact. It's dead on. Everything that happened there has happened in one format or the other. Right. Like the the Stonehenge thing, that happened to Black Sabbath. It legitimately happened to Black Sabbath, but the other way. So, I forget what tour it was. Black Sabbath did the same thing. They're like, oh, we won like a giant fucking castle Stonehenge on stage. And they wrote it out on a napkin. But they made the mistake of instead of doing it in, in feet... Like, or they wanted it in feet, but the guy that did it did it in metric. So he ended up being like 22 meters tall or something like that. So they used it once and then they like left it on the dock somewhere. They're like, yeah, we left it on the dock at one of the places we did a concert. Like, we don't know where the fuck it's at. So that (laughs) happened for real. And then, I mean, the Black Album, the same thing happened with like Metallica. And then the same thing happened with... um, What happened? what, What happened with Metallica? The Blackest Album. That was like the whole joke. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they had like it's just black, it's dark, you know. And yeah. then they came out with like a fucking black album. 
There was a lot of bands that were pissed off at the movie because they were, like, taking jabs at them. Like, of course, they make fun of the Beatles because the girl was supposed to be, like, Yoko Ono. So, it's like, no, everything that happened in the movie happens, like, legitimately. I had that happen to me, the whole backstage thing, where they get lost backstage. That happened to me. All right. Yeah. Let's go. (laughs) It was more like the other way around, like, trying to leave the venue instead of, like, going up. But, yeah, 100%, they've all happened. And like the, some of the people that had the, the worst, that's why I want to get my friend that was in that played with David Bowie to come in on the podcast and give us some of his stories because he he's told me a few where it's just like it's like yeah it was whatever happened on the road stays on the road kind of thing, and he had some crazy stories. He's like we lived like full on pirates. Yeah, well, I think in the movie Rockstar, I heard was pretty accurate too. Never watched it. Remember? It's great. I yeah. still gotta watch it. Still gotta watch it. I still I have to watch Venom. I didn't want bother. I didn't watch Venom. Venom either. And they're doing that uh, that universe, that Spider Verse or whatever that's coming yeah, out. Yeah, that's a cartoon though. I don't I don't go to movies to see cartoons. Why not? There's some amazing fucking movies that are cartoons. Yeah, Dark Knight or uh, Batman and the Phantom. Phantom the, Menace. The, no, it's just Phantom Return. The Phantom Returns. That was Phantom a good one. Returns. Yeah. Um, so fighting news. Do you see who uh, who came out of retirement? I did not. Floyd Mayweather. Oh yeah, yeah. He's gonna fight a kickboxer. Yeah. Well, they don't know if it's gonna be an actual kickboxing match. He's fighting against Tenshin Nasukawa, who's actually his record is I pulled it up here. One his amateur record was a hundred and eleven and five. His mixed martial arts record is four. And yeah, just he's undefeated. And then kickboxing, um, 27 fights in kickboxing. I guess he's undefeated in kickboxing. So he's a legit guy. He's a double belt champion. He's got, I think, one in Ryzen and one in Rise. <laughs> How much is, are they paying Floyd Mayweather to come out of retirement? To oh, fight? they're not paying him. Like, he's making a shit ton of money. He's going to make a ton of money. And, and it's Japan. So you know they're working the fix. They're working that fix, no problem. He's going to win regardless of what's going on. And Tension, uh, like, he wants that anyway. Because he wanted to fight, from what I read, he wanted to fight in boxing and kickboxing. But in Japan, they, the, uh, their commission doesn't allow you to do two def- different sports. So really? you could, Yeah, that's what I, I was reading earlier. Um, they don't let, uh, let fighters do two different sports. You have to pick one, and that's your one. So you can't go back and forth. You can't go, I'm going to do like you can't, what McGregor did. You can't do that. So you can't go from boxing to MMA. It's like it's one or the other. But like once you make that change, you're going to stay there for a while. That's what I was going to say. What if you go there and then it's like. Nope. They control way too to much. Stay? I don't know. That I didn't get that deep into it. But they got to make that change. Um, that's only like. Oh, there was another news, but it's not really definitive yet there's a hint as to who Ben Askren is going to be fighting yeah I saw that it was or he it was mentioned at the Robbie Lawler yes which funny enough I ran into Robbie the other day and I'm kind of pissed now because if I would have known that was what was going to happen I would have tried and poked at him a little bit more to get some more information yeah I think that's a bad matchup for Robbie you think so? Well, Rob, you know what? Robbie's got wrestling. Robbie is a pretty legit wrestler. Ben Askren 
level. Wrestling. I don't know, man. Robbie's uh like I've seen him uh, at training run the wrestling practices quite a few times, and he's got some pretty good details. I think if anything, it's more of a bad matchup for Ben Askren because, granted, like Robbie like fucked up his knee and blah 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 whatever, but Robbie's got legitimate hands and. All the talk about Ben not having fought anyone with real hands, like, well, now he's going to fight someone with real hands. And he's tough. I mean, RDA had him up against the fence for, what, three rounds with a busted knee, and he still couldn't finish him? Yeah. So Robbie is not, definitely not going to go out. And technically, if Robbie beats him, I mean, it kind of really cements him back into the, what, the top, top five, the top ten? Well, I don't know. What did he do? He, he lost... To RDA. To RDA. He lost the belt to RDA. Uh, no. I think uh, he was trying to get the belt from RDA. Let me see. I'll tell you right now. Robbie Lawler. Uh, let's pull up his record. There's probably people like super pissed off that we don't know it all. Yeah, he... He lost to RDA. He won against Cerrone. He lost to Woodley. Um, yes. Yeah, so he lost the, the belt to Woodley. That's why. Um, but other than that, I mean, he was winning for, for a while. He hadn't lost since 2014 against the juiced-up Johnny Hendricks. And to all of you guys listening, we're not MMA experts. We're not MMA nerds. We don't have all their stats off the top of our head. Shit. Speaking of which... You know what I saw the other day that really fucking pissed me off? And you yep. should probably understand it from an announcer point of view. Well, I, I saw you listen to something. I saw, was it on your story? Yeah, it was on my Instagram story. Um, I don't like that you can't like people's Instagram stories. Hey, can. How? There's a little heart on the bottom that you can just press. Or you can even just say like. Oh, I don't know. Come on, guys. I'm looking for the thumbs up or whatever. No, it's not Facebook. I don't know, dude. That's funny. Um, no, so I was watching King of the Cage, and the announcer for King of the Cage was dog shit awful. Like, horrible. Did you listen to when I had the audio playing? To how bad he was? No, I couldn't hear it. It was so bad. Like, every he introduced everyone the exact same way. Uh, what the heck is that? That's the story. I haven't seen a heart. Oh. Uh, should be Chiang. I don't know. Bleh. I know, I know. Mine, uh, I get like little hearts. Someone likes. Oh, you know why? Hit message. Never mind. We'll do this after. Yeah. Um, no, the, like everybody's the same. Like, all right, here's blah blah blah. He's uh, five foot ten. He weighed in at one hundred eighty five pounds. Trains out of like no excitement, no emotion, like nothing to even entice the fact that these guys are about to like scrap. And even then, like, once he starts, it's only one person, at least the one that I watched. It's only one person, and he's talking through the whole fight, has no idea what's going on once he got to the ground. He's like, and he takes his back, and there's, like, a long pause, and it's over. So he's not even talking the audience through, like, what's going on. It's oh, so wow. fuck Yeah, it's so bad. Well, King of the Cage, me and my partner, Blake Bowman, for XFN, we're for hire. No, I already sat there and sent him a message. Please hire me. I'm like, hire me as at least like the color guy. Add me as your color guy because this guy is horrible. Speaking of which, when's the next fight for XFN? December 15th. Who's fighting on that card? That's a pro-am card, so there's a bunch of people fighting. 
Um, a bunch of people um, <clears throat> trying to get on and talk to Steve. Uh, he's going to try to get on if he, you know, if he gets through this this fight pretty quick. Oh, speaking of which, it's two weeks from now, right? Yeah. Yep. We, we got to go to that one. Yeah, we're all going. It's uh, Colin's last hurrah. We're all going to go to the uh, Colin's last hurrah. Colin, that it's a member here. What do you mean? It's his last hurrah. He's moving to Colorado. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, because he's a loser. What's he moving to Colorado for? Because he's a loser. It's like for work. No, because he's a loser. All right, Colin. I mean, you heard it here first. You're a loser. He's he's a traitor. Oh, that's pretty bad. I didn't Crianch. know. He's a crianch. That's pretty bad. I didn't know that. Um, yeah, Steve's fighting. I gotta get my my tickets for that. Um. So I'm hearing that you are having some uh, troubles in the coaching department. What the hell I'm, are you talking about? I'm, heard, I'm hearing that there's something that happened here the other day. No. That that something happened. Did no. something happen here while you were teaching? No. <laughs> I have no. If you're talking about the old guy getting hurt, yeah. that's on him. Why is that on him? You're because, the coach. Because I I I wasn't I was rolling. <laughs> I love how you started stuttering. No, I was not stuttering because I, I was I, rolling. I I I. And I told Vic, who's one of our my other students, right. said, "Look, he's brand new. Don't beat him up. Just if he go, does something wrong, show him what he you know finish him, but right. show him what he did." Right. But what Paul did, who's in his, I think he's in his sixties. I'm not sure. Paul kept holding on to Vic's lapel in his guard as Vic was going for the armbar. Right. And when he moved, when Vic moved towards the armbar, right. it just pushed on Paul's rib. What? It was pushing on his rib, and he goes, ow, 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 ow. But yeah. did he let go once he started hearing ow, 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 no, ow? No, Vic was telling him, let go. Let go. Let, he goes, Paul, let go of the lapel. Paul wasn't yeah. letting go of the lapel. Oh, well, it's on him, man. Yeah. That's it pretty happens. bad. It's not. It's not ballet. Speaking of getting hurt, so I went to the uh, Kavaka seminar at Combat Club this past weekend. Yeah. Uh, which was also a belt ceremony for um, Herbert and Bruna's students over there. And all I can tell you is, if you, I learned so much not only about jujitsu this past weekend, but about the people that train jujitsu. And this isn't a knock on anybody that was there, but I feel that, granted you and I talk about this, everyone's in a different level. Right. It's like we're all in a different different depth in the pool. Some of us are super deep and other ones are still sitting on the stairs. I get it. But I feel that if you go to a seminar, it is your duty to research who it is that you're going to go see the seminar for. Just so you get the most out of it, so that way you know what's going on and what you're you might be learning. I think that a lot of people. I don't know if they didn't know who Kavaka was, but maybe they knew that he must be a big deal, but they don't know why he was a big deal. I think that's really what it was. I don't think people realize just who was standing in front of them. Well, well, let's let's look at who I know is underneath him. Um. Gilbert. Gilbert, Robert Drysdale, mm-hmm. um, Michelle Nicolini, Michelle Nicolini. Um, I th- I'm pretty sure um, Bouchesha trains with him a lot. 
Yeah, but but uh, the picture of me uh, that you took a couple of years ago. I oh, was, which one? The one where uh, hammer and nail. Oh, um, um, geez, what's his face? Is it Leo Leach? No. Yes, Leo Leach. Yeah. I think he's on. I'm not. I don't positive, know. I don't think so. I don't think so. But I thought I thought he had something to do Might with Zenith. Anyway, so. He starts going through, like, the techniques, which, by the way, I learned some fucking amazing fucking techniques. Some of the stuff was, like, super basic, but the little details and things of how he did the, the transitions or the moves and stuff like that just, like, sparked all this new just kind of view for me. So then we get to the end of the seminar, and as people usually do when it comes to seminars, they, you know, the, the person hosting will say, do you have any questions? I'm more than happy to answer any questions that you guys may have. Whether it's about my game or jujitsu, blah, blah, blah. Nothing. No one said anything. I'm like, right here. Right here. It's like, first one, I have a question. And you asked him how big his dick was. Yeah, and he's like, I, if I took it out right now, the whole room would get dark. No. Um, no, uh, I asked him, like, you know, what's your favorite position to go for a leg lock? Because his thing, he's, he's really, really mastered the straight ankle lock. That's how he won, I think, the 2010 World Championships. And granted, in a world where everybody's into leg locks now, he was way ahead of it in the beginning. But he only waited, He only stayed focused on the straight ankle lock more than anything. Because it's the only thing say, legal in the IBJJF. At the point in time. But it's also, you know, all the other tournaments and stuff that he did. So... He starts showing me one from a was it I think we call it the the waiter sweep when you like catch the leg in the half guard. Mm-hmm. We call that catch the leg. Right. Like people. It's so, funny how many different names there are. Yeah. For same techniques. So he showed it to me there. I was like, I never fucking saw that there. I've never. So saw. you went to the Ashigarami from there? No. no, no, just straight and like ankle lock. But it was I'll show you afterwards kind of thing, but. The way that he set up to it, it was like I never saw that it was there. I never realized that it was there. So then somebody else asked the – like I asked him, you know, like why can't I finish it? I'll catch the leg every time. I'll always have it. But what am I doing wrong to to really get it? And he starts showing me like start doing this. And instead of reaching for your lapel, feed it to yourself. And you start showing me like all these little moves and then he starts moving. All I can tell you is that – it felt like my foot was in a vice. And it's like the more he... And he just incremented little by little. And granted, my feet are pretty flexible. But it little by little. And it really, really felt like a snake just tightening up on my foot. Which completely blew my mind. So then, someone asks, okay, well, what happens when someone starts to try roll out of that ankle lock? How do you keep it there so then you also don't end up in like a knee reap for like IBJJF rules? He's like, well... I would do this, and you can really catch the person face down. So what he did is, once you start to roll to try and get out, and you catch the person face down, he stops and kind of opens up a little bit. It's hard to obviously describe it over over the podcast, but then he's like, all you need to do is just turn your wrist like this. I shit you not. I felt my foot go from an ankle lock that I could tell was there even though like we were inverted, to where... If I had waited more than like a second to tap, my ankle would have exploded. The amount of pressure that he put on just by rotating his wrist fucking blew my mind. So obviously I tap. I tap. Okay, I'm out. I'm out. 
He does it again. Gilbert's cracking jokes at me. He's like, why are you tapping, bro? I'm like, why don't you put your fucking foot in here and let's see how long you last on here before he, you tap. So we're all cracking jokes and stuff. But the funny part is my foot didn't really hurt there. It hurt after. Like out of nowhere, I was like, okay, whatever. He showed it to us. And then when we finally get back to talking, I just feel my foot go, vroom. <laughs> and I, has, like, I started limping for like a good couple of minutes. But all I can tell you is that if you want to learn how to master just a straight ankle lock, since it's obviously more IBJJF, I really don't think there's anybody else that, that'll set it up better and finish it better than, than Kavaka. Well, what, what that really tells you is what you can... Look, most people won't ask questions because they're afraid to sound stupid. Right. That's what I noticed is the biggest thing. And so it, it, it goes to show you that there, there really are no stupid questions. There are stupid... No, there's not stupid questions. If you don't know, you don't fucking know. So ask the question. Who cares if you sound stupid? Because I guarantee you there are plenty of people that have that same question. They're just afraid to ask. For sure. Like I, I think, though, partially it is due to the fact... Hold on. There we go. I think partially to the fact that people didn't know who he was and what he was about. And the other aspect is just that. Because they don't know who he was, they didn't know what to ask. And they didn't want to ask something stupid. Something stupid. Where it could have been like, how do you pass the guard? You know, I think you obviously want to avoid a stupid question like that. For sure, at a seminar, that's not something that you should be asking. But at least do the research enough to know, like, okay, well, this guy, is his specialty is um, passing. Okay, what do you do to pass someone with a half guard that does this? Like, I know there's certain positions that if I get caught in half guard, I have trouble either getting out of or catching someone in. Like, if someone tries to pass while I have them in a half guard. So someone that comes up, like, that is an expert in a half guard, I'm going to ask that question. You know, things like that. Like, I'll ask Marcelo. Marcelo was there. Like, I'll ask him questions. Like, I'll Marcelo. ask Cohen. He was there as well. Half guard is my yeah specialty. But again, your type of half guard is different from my body type. So there's certain things that you do that don't work for me that, yeah, I got to drill more and work on more for sure. But in the meantime, they're not really working for me mechanically to the way that I'm at right now, to where my skill level is right now. Well, it's just you just have to adjust for your length with your legs. That's that's really the only like going deep half is 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 the same for everybody. It's the only thing that you have. But to, you, funny enough, you have more flexibility in your legs than I do. So for you to be able to like get your hook in is a lot more difficult for me. Right, but but I'm not even talking the hook. I'm just talking the half guard stuff. Right, but that and like you, certain parts, like the ones yeah. that, that you and I ever worked on, like there's certain parts where I, like even like if you do uh, an X guard, there's certain parts of like an X guard in transition that I just cannot get my leg back there. It's all about getting onto your hip. Yeah, it's what it's what I it's what I keep preaching to my guys. But mobility is a huge factor too. Mobility is, but like what a lot of people think is a flexibility thing mm. is less of a flexibility thing and more of a positional thing. Yeah, for sure there's a lot so of So like like there's a lot of things where people are like, oh I can't make my leg do that. But if you get more on your side side and get on your hip, 
It changes everything. Yeah. And I do that a lot. Like, well, not with X-Card, but there's a lot of things where I'm on my side more than I'm on my back. Yeah, I'd like, that's, again, one of those things where you just have to put in the time and, and figure it out what it is for, for your body type. But the stuff that I learned from, from, from Kavaka's thing, like I said, is a huge part technique, but another part of how to get the most out of a seminar. And you and I talked about this, uh, I mean, not on the podcast, but for, for a long time, I kind of just swore off seminars. I got tired of seminars because they always taught like bullshit techniques that even the person like doesn't really use. And most of the time, like someone like high level that's still competing, they're not going to show you what they're doing in competition or what they do to drill. They're I'm, not. I'm not. A, I'll tell you why I'm not a fan of, of most seminars. Um, the reason I'm not a fan of most seminars is you're not going to learn something. I shouldn't say it like that. It's very hard mm. to make a technique solidified in your brain in an hour, in an hour or two hours, even yeah. if it's two hours. But it's like, but most seminars I've been to, it's it's like they they show so many techniques. Yeah. Why not just show one transition with three techniques? Again, but that's why I sat there and said I, I learned so much. And granted, I don't think that I could take all four or five techniques that he showed in the seminar itself like I don't think I'm going to be able to throw them in my game overnight but there's definitely little things that I'll be throwing in but the biggest key factor was <laughs> the leg locks like that's what his expertise is that's what I wanted to know if I could have I could have just sat there for like an hour by myself just saying hey okay what about this what about that like okay when you do the the leg locks here why don't you like how do you sit there and adjust for this adjust for that it's again it comes down to the fact that yeah you are not going to retain everything that comes up in the half guard or not in the half guard in the seminar but you are going to get access to someone's library of information and even if you get that one tiny tiny little bit of information that that sticks that one little thing might be what opens up your whole world in a different game and like i said for me there's two or three things that he showed that i'm like oh oh this is going to be huge for my game now for like certain situations without a doubt yeah well here's like what people need to ask in these seminars or what you need if you want to know what kind of seminar you want you should attend find somebody that has something similar to your game don't attend a seminar just because it's a seminar yeah like i would not go to a meow seminar even though i've been to one yeah but it's just because i worked there at the time yeah but I would not go to a Meow seminar because they're, I'm not going to Bolo. I'm not going, you know, I'm not, that's not my shit. Yeah. So what, what, who would I go to? I would go to a Gordo seminar. Yeah. Why? Well, he's got the, he was just here the other day. Well, I, I understand that. But, but what I'm saying is I would go to a Gordo seminar because he mass, he's the one that kind of made Half Guard popular. Yeah, he's your, the original master. Or I would go to a John Danaher yeah. Or or anybody working the leg lock game, and, and or anything like that. But it, at, at stuff that you you're working into your game or you've been working on, and you need more 
more of the details, that's the people you go to their seminars. Yeah. Don't go to a seminar just because somebody's a name. Yeah. Go to a seminar. Go to a seminar that is going to behoove your game. I think Don't, unless you're just going to meet the person, and that's yeah. fine. There's nothing wrong with meeting meeting these BJJ stars. Yeah. If, you know. Um, I think that honestly, from my experience so far, that you are going to get more from a seminar hosted by an old school guy who's no longer competing but has a wealth of accolades under his belt than you would someone who's an active competitor right now. Like you're gonna get more of the details and like the really like solid like jujitsu move from an old school guy. The new guy, I think you're better off trying to get one on ones with. You know what I mean? Right. Like you are probably better if you really want to learn from someone like um Gordon Ryan or something like that. You're better off saying, "Hey, how much is it for some private classes?" and do you know private classes like for a month, once a week, or twice right. a week. Like spend that money. I think there you're gonna get more stuff because it's gonna be really the newer stuff, and you'll really be able to pick his brain. But an old school guy, it's gonna be like little bits of treasures of jujitsu information that only come with twenty years. Of experience. Well, here, here's like my plan. Uh, after you know, once I get out of school and everything, and and I have a, I have a, um, you know, a, a career where you know, where, like I plan on being a teacher. Um, what I plan to do is when I have the summers off, <clears throat> I'm going to spend a month in New York and I want to I, I want to sit with Dan I want to shadow Dan you know I'll join Henzo yeah. Gracie for a month and I'll follow but I don't think you can get in there like that I think the the death squad is one of those like, I don't want to be a the part of the death squad no but to go no, in I, and no, train I don't, I don't need all I care about is shadowing Dan or her yeah. in his regular classes I want to see how he coaches but I don't I want, think he just teaches a regular class yes he does does he? he teaches everything yeah for sure he teaches. He he's, he's not just. He he teaches. A, he follow, takes. Does most of the program. Really. So know. like I would just like to shadow, Dan or her to see, how he, t- you know, coaches. Right. Get those like that's what the little details I want. Yeah. I mean, he's obviously found a way to pass information on to his students in a way that's very clear and very you know um easy easy to uh easy for them to understand right you know i mean look at all these the success of his of his people now again these people are working hard it's not taking away their success it's just has to do with they all you know there's a reason why it's called the danaher death squad and not the the henzo gracie death squad you know what i'm saying yeah yeah so um I would love to shadow him. I would also love to shadow uh, uh, Faraz Sahabi with his coaching. Faraz Sahabi would be cool to to kind of see. Like, um, you know who trained under him? Um, Toon, fighter, the UFC fighter, Predator Toon. Oh yeah, yeah. Desmond Green. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is. A, he's a purple belt under Faraz Sahabi. Yeah. Um, I agree with you. I, I definitely. I would do that but honestly like I would say that 
for me, I've become so obsessed with the minor details of the basics. And I wouldn't even call it the basics. I think it's one of those... People refer to it as the basics, but I think that the details to it are so advanced that, again, it's one of those things that unless you do it for 20 or 30 years, you're not going to learn those things any other way than someone like just through passing telling you, oh, by the way, when you have someone's back, do this. Well, my first jiu-jitsu coach told me, and I say it and I believe it. To be good at jiu-jitsu, you have to know 10 moves. You have to really know 10 moves. To be great at jiu-jitsu, you have to master five. You only have to master five things. And think about that. Think about the people who are extremely successful. They don't have... They do the same things over and over and over and over again. They've mastered certain things... And they continuously use these things to win. I mean, I think that to a certain extent, yes, that statement is true. That It doesn't mean you disregard everything else. Right. But I think you have to have such a well-rounded game. Like, I don't think that... I think there it's a romanticized look at saying, well, if I practice an armbar 10,000 times, it's better than knowing 10,000 different moves once kind of thing. Well, no, I said five moves, not No, one. I know, but I'm saying... So, like, look at Roger But it, if you're going to get, like... Right, but again, he's got a well-rounded game of the basics. Right, but th- that's not what I'm saying, though. What is he... What is He's got a well-rounded game, obviously, and I didn't say you don't do that, but you master five. Everybody knows... if. Like armbar triangle, like it's no, all. Everybody knows he's going to choke you out from the back. Right. He's going to take your back and choke you. And what does he do? Even though you know it's coming, he doesn't. Yeah, but I mean, anybody can sit there and say, "I'm going to come in and like just take your back and choke you." That's that's. Yeah, I mean, it's but there. He like does if, it. He do, and he did it to, does it to the best in the world. He did it to Bouchesha in their in his last. Right, but again, it comes down to the same thing. It's a mastering of. The basics, the 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 fine details of the basics is yeah. But uh, you're, I think you're not following what I'm saying. Though. No, obviously, I, no. I get what you're saying. Right. I mean, we're talking but, about but it like, before, but I'm still saying that the as like you say that you have to master five or like master one, whatever way it is. To me, it's not so much as mastering that as much as it's being aware of the fine details that are the gaps that everyone else has. So, for example, you are, like, you're defending someone taking your, like, your back, right? Someone already has your back, but you're defending the choke. That's fine. You know whether it's to, if it's gi to grab the sleeve or to grab the wrist or whatever it is. But if I know that there are certain gaps when in the transition of you trying to reach for my wrist or you trying to, like, step over my foot, if I know that there's a gap in there that if I do a specific move, will close that and give me the opening, that's a different level of mastery. That's, that's mastering the, the that's right. the same thing. But that's what, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I agree with thing. you, <laughs> but I'm looking at it in a different way. You're still saying like the move itself and the finishing no, move. No, 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 no. You master, when I say you master five techniques, I don't mean you master just the choke. Because it doesn't take long to 
to understand how to choke somebody once you got got it locked in. Right. It's everything that leads up to that choke. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. I to everything to me, that it's... leads up to that R bar. Like like, uh, just like uh, what's her name, uh, Ronda Rousey. Mm. Everybody knew they were going to get an arm. They were going to the arm bar was coming. Yeah. It was that they're going to get thrown and get arm barred. Yeah, thrown in and get arm barred, and that's what happened to. Ninety-five percent of the people she fought, yeah. you know, the last two, not so much. Not so much. Well, that's because he got kicked in the face. But I no, I completely agree. But again, for me, I think it's to to go back to my my original statement is that if someone's gonna go and take a seminar, you do have to do the research of who it is that you're gonna go see. Just. Even so, you get the knowledge of the game and the history of the sport itself to see where all these new moves are coming from. Because in one way or another, they've been used before. And if you're going to go to a seminar and you're wondering, oh, am I, why should I spend $120, $100 bucks to go like, te- like sit down and, and listen to this person, like, find out who it is. There's probably, for the most part, not everybody, there's probably a good reason why they're charging that much for their yeah. information. I'm not going to pay $120 to go to a Who's More Paul Harris seminar, that's for sure. But I will pay $120 to go see John Donner and like sit down with him for an hour or two. Yeah. No problem. For sure. You know? No, but, you got you have to But see like for you like you'd say Donner and if I went up there, honestly, I would probably spend more money to get a like to shadow Henzo. Yeah, I wouldn't. Henzo, Henzo is Henzo's Henzo, so it's like he's cool to be around. And he's got he's a wealth of knowledge, right? But he doesn't have like Henzo isn't John Donaher is a machine. He's a computer, right? I I I He's want an analytical computer. Yeah, he. I want to learn how he sees jujitsu. To me, you're getting something different out of it. You're seeing. Yes, you want to Henzo, see the analytical aspect. Henzo sees jujitsu through experience. Right, but he sees like the way we see jujitsu is how Henzo sees jujitsu. Well, I would never say that. No, it's the same. I'm. I'm. That's. He's just been doing it longer. It's fun. It's a good time. He likes to train. He's, you know, he's been doing it for decades. Right. So it's like, but like the way Donaher looks at jujitsu, it's it's a whole. It's like, it's no, a it's whole, an analytical. It's, it's like a whole mine. different level than what we think of jujitsu. He sees things and ideas like like when we were talking about the Rogan podcast when he was mm. on Rogan and he was like, "What do you do here, Joe?" Yeah. He kept asking Joe. And why is he doing this? So why do you think that is? Like, and it's like, I want to understand how he's like. It, I understood it once he said it. Right. I was like, oh, well, obviously that's what it is. Yeah. But at the same time, I didn't know what was coming next. Yeah. Because how he set it up, you know. Well, he made people second guess their knowledge is what it is. He made even Joe second guess his knowledge of the sport. Just almost like an intimidation. Like, that's just someone like playing like a mind game with you. And he's not wrong. Obviously, he knows what the hell he's talking about. But I don't like when someone sits there and tries to, to kind of like make it look like they're outsmarting you 
by setting you up to feel stupid instead of, well, yeah, I knew that. You didn't need to tell me that. But, like, why didn't you just sit there yeah, and have a conversation? Yeah, but he's not. He's actually... He's, he's, like, I don't think he's doing that to make people feel stupid. I just think he's trying... That's how he teaches. As he tries to make you figure it out. Do you know what I'm saying? No. Like, if you if you read interviews of, like, the guys and, the, like, and say how he runs his training... It's like, it's not about that. It's like, no, you're going to fucking do this. This is why. Like, this is how you're going to do it. And you're going to do it perfect every time. Like, it's not about, why do you think that is? I, I highly fucking doubt that he sits down with fucking, like, Nikki Ryan. Like, well, why do you think, Nikki? Nikki, why do you think that is that we get I asked, I, I asked my guys questions. Yeah, you're not John Donner. <laughs> I asked I mean, them, why, why am I doing this? Right. Again, you're not John Donahue. I don't like, know. We, I, we, so, we, we've never been to one of his classes. Right. Well, so that's we what I'm know. saying. Like, so you're saying, like, that's how he is. Like, well, I mean, we don't know for sure how he runs his full-on, like, uh, course between, like, a basic everyday people course and, you know, competition class. It's, it's for sure, it's two different worlds of craziness. But it is what it is. Who would your – all right, other than Donahue, then who would – be someone that you would want to do let's say not even like a seminar where you sat there and you spent like a month at their academy just to like to learn um maybe even tom the blast that'd be a good one tom the blast which is that whole area up there like that's what's cool is like i could go up there for a for yeah a month and I can spend time between both you know places. who you'd like to to train with is Shaolin Shaolin has a really good half guard game he has a really really good half guard game yeah. and he's a fucking man like he's not young he's not old either but that guy's a fucking beast he's a beast when he wants to turn around he I have a feeling that he could be a hundred years old and if it's like someone's giving him a competitive role he'll be like oh, okay we'll do this then Probably also, I wouldn't mind going to uh, Rafael Lovato's. Right. He'd be a, a, a good one. Like, I like those, like, old school guys that are now, like, they're they're moving on past, like, I don't know. But probably Lovato Jr., Tom DeBlass. Um, trying to think who else. Probably Eddie. That'd be fun. Eddie would be cool. Eddie would be cool. You would have to do like four months of yoga before you went over there. I'm doing yoga now. No, you'd have to do a lot more to start doing like... No, I I can do a lot of that fucking rubber guard shit. Yeah? Yeah. All right. You just talked about how flexible I am. Yeah, but there's a different flexibility of doing like a rubber guard and setting up like uh, fucking... A dead orchard and stuff like that. I can do all that shit. Oh, I just, I just, I. Yeah, fuck it. I can do all that shit. No, I can. I've done it. It's just the fact of the matter is, is it's it to me, it's almost uneconomical for my body style. Right. It's like, well, why should I? For me, it's I'd rather just sweep rather than. It's definitely a system more for like lanky people. Yeah, it's 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 my not that it. It's just not my style. That's why I don't do it, but I can do it because I'm so flexible in that, yeah. in that way. And it's exactly that way that that I'm flexible is the, is the tenth planet system. 
<clears throat> it's funny, like while while you were rolling, and I was like goofing around and watching everybody, and just kind of keeping an eye on everybody. Gio was rolling with uh, with Jacob, and somehow, like just because Jacob rolled in a weird way, Gio ended up in a position to go for the twister. So I was like, my eyes lit up. I'm like, oh, Gio, do it, <laughs> do it. <laughs> but Jacob, like you could tell, he was like just kind of pulling the. The white belt spaz move where he was trying so hard he didn't know where he was going but he was just trying to like close the gap and Gio was trying so hard to set up the like everything was there it was 90% there all he needed to do was just reach across like around the neck and it just it wasn't set up but I was dying to see Gio go for the go for the the twister tonight <laughs> no what like that's what like what's attracting people here is our prison rules sense of style, our sense of uh, rolling. Right. Where wrist locks, heel hooks, everything, everything's a go here in, in no-gi. Yeah. What, what we do in no-gi is totally different from what we do in gi. When I teach gi, it's IBJJF rules. Yeah. Why? Because that's, that's the gi. Yeah. Uh, did I tell you I almost lost my eye the other day? Doing? Rolling. With? Uh, one of the guys at, uh, at Excel. You did not. Yeah. Like it was a total accident, but um, it was a. Uh, it's funny I make fun of the guy, or not only make fun of him, I joke around with him because he looks like Will Victor. Victor, you know who I'm talking about? No. The actor. Look, uh, look him up. Uh, Will, I want to say it's F I C H T E R. He was in like Equilibrium and. Um, what is it? Will Victor. With an F or a V? With an F. Um. Anyway. He kind of looks like him, so I always like I just call him movie star now. But anyway, we're rolling, and uh, he's a newer guy. He's pretty good. Um, he's getting a lot better. But um, I went to sweep him, and he tried to to recover, and he reached at me. Excuse me, keep burping. But instead of going for the gi, not him. Yeah, that's who he looks like. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Instead of reaching for the gi, he was reaching at my face, and his thumb went, like, knuckle deep into my eye socket, into my right eye. Like, it went in. And I just instantly just, like, collapsed in pain. It hurt so fucking bad. And then I got super paranoid because we had already been rolling for, like, an hour. So I'm thinking about all these germs and stuff like that. I ran outside, just flushing my eye out. And for, like, the whole day, everything was blurry. I went to the optometrist on I think like Tuesday or Wednesday after that because I was fine I was working and out of nowhere everything like that went blurry like instantly blurry so I freaked out and they said that it's fine like but they tried to sell me glasses like oh you're you have stigmatism your left eye is worse than your right eye I'm like really because everyone's always told me my left eye is better than my right eye and the lady just froze but whatever I don't know. I've got astigmatism. Astigmatism? In my left eye. Stigmata? See, my eyes right now, I worked out three times a day, so I have no... Energy? No, I have no moisture, so my eyes are real dry, so everything's cloudy. Moist. And... and, You uh, don't have uh, eye drops? No, I don't normally need them. It's just, I did a hard leg workout this morning. Then I did Viking workout at four, and then I rolled. So it's like, you know what? I was joking around with someone the other day, and I said, "How fucked up would it be for 
a April Fool's Day prank that if you knew someone who constantly used eye drops, that you mixed it with like that the the liquid that they used to dilate your pupils. Oh, how fucked up would that That'd be? That'd be fucked up. Because then, like, they do it, and it takes a couple minutes. Oh, I need a couple more. And then all of a sudden, their eyes are just like, kapoof. I wanted it. So, found something out today. What? So, I haven't I haven't done my Viking workout. I've run it, but I haven't actually done the workout. <laughs> so, wait, you just make everybody else do it? You just Yeah. Well, it's, like, it's a class right. on the schedule. Um, so, I've been running it for the last month and a half, almost two months, when my back has been jacked up. Right. Uh, today was the first day I did it. I expected to be dying. I made it through better than when I was doing it constantly. Yeah. And I attribute all of that to yoga. For sure. And, I mean, you did rest and you, your back has gotten better. No, no, but I'm talking, I'm not talking pain. I'm talking the cardio yeah. aspect of it. Like, I was expecting to be sucking wind. Yeah. But I was, in, I was actually in better cardio shape today. Than I was three months ago when I thought my cardio was at its peak, yeah. and what it what what it is, and it I was like I was thinking about it. I'm like wow, what's going? What is it? But there's a lot. Of, we do a lot of breathing exercises in the yoga. Um, that because uh, I do I do the I only do the Raja yoga. Everyone says you should do Raja and at least a Hatha or a Vinyasa to go along yeah. with it. But I get that with rolling. To yeah. me, I get that with rolling. I'm, I'm, you know, so I don't, I don't, I, I like the Raja because it gives, it's a stretch and it's, and it's very, uh, therapeutic and it's also, um, meditative. Right. So it's really, it's, it's a really cool thing, but, um, so, but there's a lot of breathing exercises that we do in that, in the Raja that I didn't think, like, I wasn't thinking, oh, this is cardio. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean, for sure, a lot of it is cardio. I mean, you're using your muscles and you're you're gonna breathe. But probably the biggest part that benefited you the most was the fact that the breathing that you do from that is gonna end up falling into everything else that you do. Oh, with yoga, yeah, the breathing that you do in yoga and the is very similar to the breathing that you should be doing while you're rolling. Yeah, very similar. I mean, uh, even with like everyday life. And yeah, I I like. How much jujitsu changed my life twelve years ago? Mm. Yoga is changing my life now. That's good. Like it is, it is something that I think everybody should do um, in some form. In some form, the Raja is what I really like. Um, I don't know if I've gotten more flexible. Mm. But it's definitely what fixed my back. Yeah. Over the last two months, I mean, I, I've I've been going. Four to five days a week over the last two months. Did you send a crying video to uh, DDP? I did not. Should I did not? Just make a video, start crying, send it to DDP. Maybe he'll show up. Yeah, you never know. I, I'd, I'd, dude, that stuff's legit too. Because I used to do that shit yeah, too. Yeah, no, we used to do the the warm up. We yeah. did the warm up. When okay. I would do the warm ups, I would do I would do that yeah. that DDP warm up, and it's great. It's great for your spine. Um, and that's. That's what longevity is about: is keeping healthy, keeping moving, yeah. keep keeping uh, flexibility in your in those joints that get stuck as we age. Well, I was talking to someone the other day. It's like some older guy, and he was asking me about jujitsu. I'm like, oh no, man, you should definitely come and try it out. He's like, oh well, I'm 50. I'm like, 
man, one of like my normal training partners was like late fifties, like early sixties. Like Who's he that? was fine. Um, what's his face? The doc. Um, Ty. Ty. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's he's late fifties. No, no, he's early mid fifties. Yeah. So whatever. Same thing. Like he was like one of my main training partners. Yeah. And like we were rolling fine. I'm like he's strong as hell. He'd kick my ass all the time. It's got nothing to do with that. You're no one unless you really get an asshole. Like most of the guys aren't gonna go fucking hammer down on on yeah, an older and guy. It's, and it, you, nobody should go hammer down anyways. Very rarely should you train hammer down. Even if you're doing competition training, yeah. But, yeah, but I mean, even then, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be hammer down. It should be like hammer three quarters down. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, it, it's like. You should always have that reserve. You should always have that reserve. And, and getting ready for a competition, rolling hard isn't what's going to get you. Isn't what's going to get you ready for a competition. That's what I learned. What's going to get you ready for a competition is the cardio that you do. In addition to just training, you don't need to train hard to train. Yeah, but you good. know what though? For like, for having competed in, in tons of different sports for as long as I have, the biggest thing that I think everyone's issue is is not physical capability; it's their mental weakness. So many people are mentally weak at the sight of a challenge or at the sight of. Not a stressor, like like a difficulty. The second something gets difficult, people are like, "Oh well, that's too tough. Oh, I'm too well, tired." Well, it's the, it's those people that get, well. Here here's the thing: it's the people that give up that lose. Nine times out of ten, I mean, no, that's not really a fucking philosophical fucking statement to make. That's no, obvious. no, no. But you can. I don't mean like give up, give up. Like you see when a person breaks. When yeah. you watch a competition, you see when a person breaks. And you see it a, a lot when somebody's on the bottom underneath somebody that's just holding them yeah. down. It's the person that doesn't give up from that position that keeps moving the entire five minutes. But you see it. Then what will happen is, is you'll see the frustration on their face. Yeah. And it's like you see this happening and you go, oh, no. Yeah. yeah. They're breaking. Mentally. Yeah. Mentally, they're breaking. Instead of saying, I'm not giving up. Yeah. What I tell my guys, do not. Do not give up uh, or don't accept a bad position ever. Yeah. Don't accept them. But you know what's funny though is like I don't think people realize how much the crowd makes it obvious of what's going on and the lack of faith that they have in you. Because it happened to me in my first tournament when I was training at Jocko. Like my first tournament as like a student at Jocko where I could hear everybody yelling, everybody like saying all this stuff. And as soon as the guy got me in an arm bar, everyone got dead quiet, got super dead quiet. I didn't stop. I didn't give up, but they did. They gave up on me. And I could tell like, oh, wow, that's pretty fucked up. So for the like, as soon as like I saw my, my escape, I turned, I got out and then maybe what 15 20 seconds later if that i got the guy in a triangle and i won but i just remember hearing that that dead silence like that's fucked up because as much as they were yelling for me they gave up on me before i gave up on myself i don't look at it as as but you're giving up 
Of course they're giving up because you're you're you just like you automatically say, oh, he got him. Well, no, because you don't. The, you what? The, you gotta understand what people the, the angle they're at and what they see. Although they saw everything, I, right. I got caught in an armbar. Right. So if it, it, it was super deep, they you know they were like, and they I'm sure they said something in the beginning, and then like they were like, oh shit. Yeah. No, they're like, oh, it just literally someone just well, went. Because there there there's a point when no matter what you say, it doesn't matter. Right, but even then, that's still where you as a coach have to sit there and say, like like you said, don't give up, don't accept it, yeah, but turn. It's different when it's like, okay, well, your arm is being hyperextended, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. That's different. But again, the second that my arm got caught, you hear everybody like, stop. And that's where you say to yourself, like, oh, shit, like, if they're giving up, that means I should be giving up. No. Instead see, of, I'm, see, but that's the way that I hear, like, okay, well. That's your, that's you letting other people see i don't know but it's not like that. that it's again i am that aware of what's going on on and off the mat at the same time i don't get sucked into that moment that you way you just got sucked into that moment if you heard that if you know if you but i don't get sucked that. i don't get sucked into the again if i would have gotten sucked into that moment i would have lost i would have given up no but you paid attention to that moment I i'm aware of the moment there's a difference no. i was aware of the moment see i i i prefer actually no coaching I prefer nobody cheering for me. I, I, what I would love, how I would love to compete would be in a room with just me, my competitor, the ref, and that's it. I don't want to hear like I've I've had coach, you know, I've like I won the world championship by yourself, by myself. Nobody, nobody. No, but again, that, and that's the other conversation that we've had before. Like because of like small things like that happen, like I got the same way. I'm like, yeah. I don't need. I don't want to go in there with any kind of coach. Because there's nothing. Just because you're yelling something at me, doesn't mean I can do it. Like there's a lot yeah. of there's a lot of times where like they'll tell you what to do while you're trying to do it, and you can't do it. There's certain things that are. There's oh yeah. Certain well, there's certain things that, that they, they don't, don't realize. See, yeah. That they don't realize, and they're like telling you to do these things, and you're there, and it's actually more frustrating. Because yeah. you're like, I'm trying to do this. Well, that's what happened to me. You weren't there for that one, I don't think. It was the last new breed that I did, and it was the last the last match of the day, and I ended up pulling my groin. I dislocated my shoulder in the first match. That's the one I then, was there for. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I dislocated my shoulder in the first match, and then I pulled my groin on the very last part of the match, and I still ended up in half guard. And you guys were like, just kick, kick. Going to deep, like, dude, my leg is dead. Like, my, my, I'm on my dead arm and my dead leg. It was both on the same side. I'm like, you guys can keep on yelling. I can't fucking do shit. Like, it's it's done. I mean, like, I'm not giving up. I'm still right. trying to do stuff. But in this position, I can't do anything. So, I mean, it's understandable. Like I said, I think it's one of those things that people need to realize how much they're, again, not for me so much, but for newer people, how much that that crowd or that coaching can have an impact but again i'm different than other people because i'm i am more comfortable in those moments i'm more comfortable in a competition mode in front of hundreds of thousands of people or whatever like where you're performing in front of people than i am on one-on-one -on -one with someone being one-on-one -on -one with someone like in a room like in, in a conversation with someone terrifying but if you pull me up on stage or whatever, I'm cool. I'm good for it. I, my ego is that big.
Where am I? Yeah, hey, there's my, a bunch not, of people. My, it's not attention. that my ego's that big. It's just I had so much experience with that with the pro wrestling. Yeah. It's like you're used to it. I'm used to it. There's no difference. There's no difference. You don't get hyped up about. I don't it get anymore. hyped up. Yeah. anything. I don't get hyped up. I just, you I get hyped up with a positive energy of like because you're you're putting on a show and you see everything going on. But you don't get hyped up where you're like you're in a frenzy and it's like a fight or no, flight. No, 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 no. I don't. That, I don't get that build up. I get yeah. the. All right, let's do it. This is. I get to roll jujitsu. I get yeah. to do jujitsu. It's fun. I'm happy. Win, lose, or draw. Yeah. I'm having a good time. See, like I've gotten to the point where for my practice is, I force myself in visualizing. I get myself worked up where my heart rate will shoot up. Like, I'll hit 120 off of visualizing the moment because I get so into it. And then I learn to bring myself back down. So I'm in constant, like, up, down, up, down. So I get more and more accustomed to saying, okay, when it does hit me where I start freaking out, then I can calm myself down and come back to zero and get focused again. It's it's not easy, but you. it's one of those things that I think a lot of people need to practice. I barely warm up. Yeah, no, I, I don't I barely, I barely, I barely do anything. I sit down and I relax. I've never understood the people that have to do the like a hundred jumping jacks and they have Slap to jump. themselves and listen to like, get get in there get put the right music like on. You don't do that shit before you go train. I don't get yeah. how that helps you out, but whatever. If you need music to hype you up to win, I mean, I love like getting hyped every, up. Yeah. yeah, everybody loves that music. Like when there's certain songs that come on yeah. while I'm rolling. If you're with me, I'm sorry, yeah. but you're you're, you're gonna you're gonna have a hard time because yeah. <laughs> the song makes me happy and makes me want to yeah. you know run through a wall. That's gonna happen once in a while, but um, but I don't need that. To me, competition is the is fun as is. Yeah, you know, I just wanna I just wanna challenge myself and have a good time. I say. I mean, whatever makes you happy and whatever gets you ready for a competition, go for it. I just don't understand the 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 hype up. Like, oh, let me go around and, like, slap the shit out of myself and, like, scream and whatever. It's like, you're just wasting energy in my book. I, I don't get it. But it is what it is. I think we should probably call it a wrap. It's getting a little late. Are you looking at yeah. poll results or something? I was... I was going to but then I decided not to because well why not alright alright well let's see what's going on let's see if, the, if no. the well no for well ours would be decided already right no last I checked there was 45 um 45% in oh by the way did you see that the lady that won that giant jackpot like made herself known yeah I saw that she's fucking crazy she is absolutely bonkers. If she hasn't been robbed already, I don't know like what she'd expect for it to happen. Uh, all right. We're going to close this sucker out. Thank you very much to all of our sponsors. Thank you very much to Chocaloha. Check out Chocaloha.com. Use the promo code Jiu-Jitsu Radio and get 20% off your order of anything on the Chocaloha store, whether it's their new uh, Immortal Choke uh, collab shirt, patches, stickers, keychains, you name it, you get that discount. You're welcome. Then check out jujitsusoapco.com. 
use the promo code JJ Radio and get 10% off. Always check out jujitsusoapco.com just because even with our promo code, they still run a lot of really cool promotions where you can pick up stuff for even cheaper with uh, whatever promotion they have going on. So I'm not worried about whether or not you use my promo code. I just want you guys to support the people that support the podcast and they make an amazing product. I honestly stopped purchasing um, soaps from the grocery store or Target or whatever and I just try and pick up as much jujitsu soap that I can. And always check out giraffechoke.com. Use the promo code JJRadio and get 20% off orders, $50 or more. Get yourself a couple of the hats. Get yourself some shirts. I really love the hats. I think I pretty much have like all of the hats now. So once I cut my hair, I'll be able to, to fit them all over again. And then finally, if you're here in South Florida, be sure to check out Nomad Surf Shop. Do you know the address? No. It's in on. Briny Breezes. It's in Briny Breezes. Go check out Nomad Surf Shop. Tell them that you heard about them through the Jiu-Jitsu Radio podcast, and you will get 10% off <clears throat> your purchase. That includes surfboards, from what I gather. That's everything. 10%. Everything. 10% off of a surfboard is, uh, is nothing to scoff at. Scoff you shall not. Yeah. Um, this is an $850 surfboard. It's 85 bucks. Yeah, that's, that's a... Solid uh, discount. Yeah. You're welcome. That's actually good enough to get you a, a leash or two. So definitely do that. Check out Nomad Surf Shop. Thank you very much for your support. And go check out Sean at Gorilla Boy BJJ on Instagram. Make fun of him as much as you possibly can. Check me out at Sonder Marketing on Instagram. And be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and iHeartRadio, or anywhere else you get your freaking podcast from. I think with that, we are out. Here we are, born to be kings. We're the princes of the universe. All right, keep going. I don't know this. Here we belong, fighting for survival in a world with the darkest power. All right, keep going. Yeah, barrel, barrel. That's all I can pull off from the top of my head. All right, see you guys next week. You can't neither. Here's the deal. I'm the best there is, plain and simple. I mean, I wake up in the morning, I piss excellence. And nobody can hang with my stuff. Keep stealing, woo, wheeling, dealing, limousine, right, jet flying, son of a gun, and I'm having a hard time holding these alligators off.